Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you are listening to this podcast, and we welcome you to the Fancy Files. <laughs> and you may ask, what is the Fancy Files? Well, it is a podcast. It's in the name. And what we do is we have uh, a few of us that gather, and we discuss Bible topics or issues facing the church, or cons- well, maybe not conspiracies, maybe not yet. We might get to that one day. Uh, under Christian service ministry, and we'll explain that a little bit later on what that is and what that can do for you. Today, I am joined, and my name is Greg, by the way, in case you didn't know, uh, and I am joined, I have three other co-hosts with me. I have the marvelous Mick. Mick, how are you doing today? I'm doing fairly well, thank you. That is amazing. <laughs> and then we have the uh, power couple team, the Robiards. Yeah. <laughs> we got Robin and Ezra. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Just good, not great. I have a sore throat. Yo, and you're telling us this now? <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, guys. Um, so what are we going to discuss today? Well, we have a very special and, I believe, uh, a podcast that will be encouraging uh, to everyone that will be listening to it. And we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4. Uh, and we're actually going to be uh, talking about ways to deal with anxiety. Uh Whoa. Uh, If you have been living under a rock, I'm sure you realize that the times that we're in is very anxiety-driven. Well, I think everybody at this point is living under a rock. (laughs) Potentially. We're all all stuck at home. (laughs) Potentially, potentially, but a rock that has internet. So, uh, yeah, this has been a time a lot of people are dealing with anxiety and fears. And, you know, does the Bible have anything to say about that? Uh, And actually, it does. And we want to be able to look at what the scriptures have to say and, and to take tools on how for us as Christians that, you know, we can, we can deal with it. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if people are aware of this, but the Bible does actually tell us how we can overcome things. And like, so you may, obviously anytime you're dealing with something like a, a, an issue that someone's having and, you know, if a Christian comes along and says, I have the answer, people are going to be like, oh, okay. You know, someone might, you know, the typical, just believe in Jesus or or just pray it away. And you know what? I'm never, ever going to limit that God can just simply through one prayer heal somebody. And I do believe that happens. But is that, does that happen all the time? And, And then what do you do with Christians who do pray and they don't get the answers right away? They don't get the healing right away. Um, what does the Bible have to say about that? So there are tools that God has given us. And we want to be able to look at what he has said, not merely what other people have said. Because you will get some that will explain it away. No, 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 Christians can't deal with anxiety. Right? And it's like, really? (laughs) You know, this is the same that some people say Christians can't get sick. Whoa. And I'm sure you might actually get some who will listen to this and be like, yo, if you're dealing with anxiety, you're you're not living in faith. Or you're not... You know, you're not a good Christian and on and on. And you know what? Maybe, maybe there is some cases that people, you know, could receive something from God and not receiving it because of a lack of faith. But that's between them and God. That's not for you to go around and start, you know, telling people you didn't receive something because of a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. So, yeah. So we're going to look at what the scriptures have to say uh, regarding this. Uh, and before we do that, before we actually dive in to that text... Um, there's actually one verse that I want to read beforehand. 
Because on the opposite end, you know, you will get Christians who will be like, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Right? You guys ever, ever had that? You know, people, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Like, mm. you know, so this is why it's important to open the Bible. I think maybe we might be experiencing a generation of Christians who don't actually open their Bibles. Or their idea of opening the Bible is an app. Right? And a little, like, like verse of the day kind of thing. Right. <laughs> That, and, and not limiting that if you need to do that, that's great, but actually open your Bibles and, and look at this. So the first verse I just want to read before we dive into um, what we're looking at today is is Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, and I'm reading verse 3 and 4. And by the way, I'm reading from the King James Version, so trigger warning to all of you <laughs> that just can't handle it, you know, just get ready. All right, uh, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding a great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The point that I want to get across is he says, He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you, now right away, wait, whoa, I can't talk. Right off the bat, <laughs> right off the bat, you have to ask yourself this question. Did God tell the truth here? And if, he, and if you believe, and I, obviously we believe God doesn't lie. He's not a, mm -hmm. Scripture says he's not a man that he lies. Then it's either, well, has he or ha hasn't he given us all things that pertain to, to living, life, and godliness, how, how to live as a Christian? So that means... He's given us tools, and we need to learn to take what the Bible says and apply it to our lives. Now, I'm sure that a lot of us will admit here that we're not coming to you as we look into this from a, a superior place over anyone who's struggling with anxieties. There's people here at this table who are struggling with anxieties, myself included. This is a work in progress that we are looking at the scriptures and, tr and doing what we can to apply it to us. These things don't happen right away. Sometimes it does, but they don't happen right away. It is a lifetime process of sanctification. So if you hear this and you've been struggling with anxiety for 5, 10, 15 years and you think there's no hope, don't give up. There's hope. Don't think that also because we're coming and we're talking that we have, you know, and I know some Christians get mad and you say this, it all figured out. To people who get mad, I ask, well, you have it all figured out? Wow. Well, I mean, even Paul said, hey, I'm saying these things not because I've attained, but because I'm on my way, and Christ has attained, and through Christ, I am also finding success over time. Like, even Paul. Like, we, we look to Paul as, like, this, you know, image of greatness. He was, you know, the best Christian, but even Paul said, you know, hey, not everything I say have I fully achieved. But this is what Christ has revealed to me and what I am then on passing to you, right? So we got to remember that. Not just because someone, you know, in the church says something doesn't mean that they're perfect at living it out. But it does mean that they're trying to make an effort. This is something that they think is important for you to know because it's found in the Word of God. And, you know, they think that you need to take this too because it's in the Word of God. Amen. Yeah, um, and... What was I going to say? My mind went blank. Yeah, that's bad when you're doing a podcast. It's uh, <laughs> okay. Editing magic. Yes. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to look at what the scriptures say. And um, 
we're going to pray that it's an encouragement to you, that God can take it and help you with it. Uh, so I'm going to ask Mickey, the great mix star, uh, he's going to read the verses and then we're going to talk about it. So today we'll be looking at Philippians 4, 4 to 7, right? At 8. Oh, 4 to 8. Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Thank you, Mick. All right, so to the brethren, the brothers and sisters, sister, sorry. There's only one at the, t at the <laughs> right now. That's the sister. Um, there's quite a few things here that we see that I believe can help us in taking steps as Christians to begin that process of conquering um, anxiety. Now, as we explain this, um, we want to make sure that we're getting across to people that we're not trying to give medical advice. We know that there are obviously individuals that do have medical issues, right? And that we're in, because you do get Christians who will be like, they'll pray for someone for healing, and look, you're healed. And we've, I've heard experiences of like, take your glasses off, and they take their glasses off and throw them out, and they're still blind as a bat, right? <laughs> if you're on medication for something, we are in no way telling you to just jump off that medication ever. That is between you and a doctor. Um, even if you do feel the Lord is telling you to get off it, again, make sure you use exercise wisdom. We, you know, go see a doctor about it to get into that process because obviously there are people with physical problems, just like you know the brain can experience physical problems like any other part of the body. So we we recognize that. Don't think we're in any way minimizing people who legitimately have that problem. Then you do have people who don't need medication but have developed a, a way of thinking that they need to overcome. And even if you go see a doctor about this, what do they do? Is there a medication that, that zap changes your thinking right overnight? They give you tools. You have to talk to somebody and, and to learn ways to stop that pattern, right? So the Bible actually gives us ways to change our pattern of thinking. Right off the bat, the Bible gives us ways to change our pattern of thinking so that we can undo a lot of the damage that's been done. Especially now, with COVID, a lot of information that's been negative, uh, over the news, constantly scary, scary, scary. I know people that the minute they hear something negative, they right away, they grab to it. There could be something ridiculous that's put out there and be like, COVID causes spontaneous human combustion. And then people will be like, oh no. I'm going to explode in my sleep tonight. <laughs> you know, even if there's not like they, even if they don't read the article, they'll just right away grab onto it. And then if something positive comes out, you know, Oh, we found a medication that can actually treat severe, potentially severe cases of COVID and that will reduce deaths. People will be like, Oh, 
we don't know. Did you read the article? There wasn't enough study done. You know, like right away, they can't accept the positive because they've been conditioned, right? right? They've been conditioned to think in the negative. Any of you guys want to comment on that? or? Well, I think part of that has to do with just human psychology. For the most part, like humans tend to attach themselves more easily to negative thoughts. And this isn't... I, I'm not a psychologist. I do, I do not have my MD or my PhD, whichever it is for psychology. Uh, but there are studies that show that for the most part, humans are more akin to grabbing onto negative negative thoughts, negative information than they are grasping positive information. But of course that that can be reworked. It just takes like practice and time and you know uh, like motivation to try. If you're not trying, obviously it's not gonna work. No, I, I agree. And one of the things is that uh, negative comments tend to be something that are very active for us. Um, so if we look at, a positive comment on anything it feels like we've attained it it's like oh this is great I don't have to think about it it's just congrats this was good but negative makes us want to work and work is something that we all kind of strive to do and so it's like I need to work on this need to work on that and so obviously we're gonna think about those things a lot more and um, I think we like when negativity and whatnot keeps us busy because many of us have been living our lives apart from Christ for so long. Uh, even those who are faithful believers have been living their lives kind of apart from Christ. And there is that emptiness, that that massive void that can't be filled by anything other than Christ. Yeah, good point, Nick. Yeah. All right. Um, so what does the passage say? Uh, well, the first thing in verse 4 it says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That is the, the King James version of that. And so obviously when you read anything in the Bible, um, you want to understand the context. Not merely like feelings and, wait, what? Uh, you can't see it, but Ezra's actually wearing a, a shirt that says book, chapter, verse, and context. <laughs> you know, we want to understand what the writer intended when he wrote these words mm -hmm. uh, and then how can we you know with through wisdom apply it so like right off the bat when you're thinking okay rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice the first question that comes to mind is what does it mean to rejoice yeah it's not just a song right if anyone who grew up in sunday school you know rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice rejoice, rejoice. so it's not like oh look there's the song uh, and maybe that might help you. I don't know. Maybe you might get giddy. But, yeah, what does it mean to rejoice? Well, I, I think the key thing here is that rejoice is a verb, right? And, you know, basic grammatical rules tell you that a verb is an action. So here Paul is saying, don't feel rejoice, quote-unquote. You can't see air quotes, but I'm putting up air quotes, right? You're, you're not feeling rejoice. No one walks around and says, hey, you know, Mick, I feel rejoice today. No, no, like rejoice in the Lord is a verb. It means to rejoice. It, it's an action. It's an active statement. So Paul isn't saying feel rejoice. He's saying go and rejoice. Go and find your joy in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Find something to be thankful about. 
that's where you find your joy is in the Lord. Go find your joy in the Lord. We actually have a rebuttal to that. Don't you dare tell Mick what he can't do. Mick, <laughs> feel rejoiced. Today I feel quite rejoiced. Thank you. <laughs> but no, I, I agree fully with what uh, Ezra is saying. It is a, uh, I think beyond just an active thing, it is a command. And we, we forget that because we like freedom. We like just thinking that we have complete free will. And um, I think ultimately we forget that the Bible is full of commands. And this might be one of the hardest to actually obey because it takes a part of us. It takes time and effort. It takes a conscious decision to rejoice and to look at the positivity that's around us and the, and the grace of God and what he's doing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so talking about what it means, what rejoice means, I actually went and and looked at, looked looked it up. You know the meaning uh, in the Greek. Not that I'm a Greek expert, and I'm I was just using you know some Greek dictionaries that are available. You know, to that are you can easily find online like Strong's or, or Thayer. And people are like, oh. It's not the deep one that I have. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> it's not like it's going to be way off, you know, that like it's one is talking about a house, the other one is talking about some super, you know, ridiculous animal or something. Yeah, it's uh, just the difference between Webster's and Merriam's. <clears throat> right, It's a right. dictionary. Yeah. Get over yourselves. Okay, so uh, a mix of some of the definitions that I got uh, to rejoice was to be full of cheer. Uh, to be glad, to be happy. Like, right away, you know, people who are struggling with anxiety are like, oh, but what? Like, right off the bat, this is how, this is what God says to us. Be full of cheer. When you're dealing with anxiety, it's the opposite of how you feel. There's like a lack of cheer. You know, it's just whatever. And obviously, people deal with different things, right? You know, for some, and to, to levels where, you know, people will admit who struggle with anxiety. Like, I'll admit it. Some of the things I do, get anxious over are ridiculous beyond ridiculous i'm not going to name them but they're and maybe you feel that way like you know the things that bother you just to other people they'd be like really that bothers you um and i wouldn't suggest that you say that to somebody because if it legitimately bothers them you don't want that to uh you don't want to hinder them uh discourage them but it's interesting how the holy spirit moving through paul in that step to deal to begin dealing with this process he says rejoice in the lord always that's where he starts and it's like to be full of cheer to be glad to be happy then it talks about and then also it has the idea to thrive um and then also has the idea of positive greeting and salutation so it's like okay so maybe we're starting to get like the idea like when you write someone like well maybe i don't know if people write still write letters I'm getting nods, yeah. so people still write letters. You start off the letter, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, you greet somebody warmly. Um, so you're starting to get a bit of a picture here, right? Because, I mean, typically, who writes a letter and it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you ding dong, you know, or like <laughs> write something ridiculous, you know, something harsh, unless that's your purpose. Um, Context matters. 
Yeah. So here we're kind of getting a bit of, of a clue on how we can do this. And one, the first thing is it says in the Lord. Hmm. And if we're, because if we think about our life and right now, what we're dealing with, what we've been facing over the past year, if it was just rejoice, that's impossible. It's really hard to rejoice when, when things are awful. Or you're just, or like you constantly feel awful. Even besides COVID, because we've all, we are a culture that has, that struggles with anxiety. It's not like COVID just brought that out. I think COVID is going to make it worse. But the key here is not rejoice in life, not rejoice in you, not rejoice in the positives. Rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, I think Mick wants to say something. And I, I think what's really great that you brought up, don't rejoice uh, necessarily in your life or and whatnot, but rejoice in the Lord. You've got this image of like, kind of like uh, the flip side, right, of the situation. If you're not to rejoice in your own life, you're to rejoice in the Lord. Your life is up and down, changes all the time. But really, ultimately, when we rejoice in the Lord, what we are doing is we rejoice in the unchanging. We rejoice hmm. in the uh, firm foundation that is Christ, knowing that it will not change. <clears throat> knowing that, um, again, right, that, that he does not change at all. Yeah, and I think it goes back to even if you look in the Old Testament, right, like when the the people of Israel were coming into the land of Canaan, they crossed the Jordan River. The first thing they did was set up a pillar and called it Ebenezer. And uh, if you're uh, slightly older than us, uh, you can probably remember from that song, you know, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come. Right? And what does that mean? It means we're looking back at what God has done for us and how, where he's brought us. And we can say, you know what? Life was hard then, but God brought me through. And life is hard now, but I know because of what he has done for me and for other people, I know that he'll carry me forward. It's, it's remembering and looking back and trusting that God is good despite me and despite the situation going on around me. Yeah, there's a uh, George MacDonald quote that uh, reminds me of this whole situation. Uh, he says, where there is no choice, we do well to make no difficulty. This idea that right now, there's really nothing we can do uh, about the current situation. And so we might as well not add more difficulties to what is actually there, you know, and to let God take care of it. Yeah, um, I I was just like thinking how you know God is separate, and maybe that might not be the best way of, of describing what, what I'm trying to think here. But it's like okay, we have our situation, we have what we're going through, and yet God, even though God is there, yet He isn't the problem. He's outside the problem, even though He is with with us. So it's like we may totally feel that we're just bogged down and we're hindered and we're trapped but yet here is god who is you know he's in he created us he's in eternity and he is this almighty all-powerful 
being who's totally satisfied within himself. And so we're looking at rejoicing in this incredibly, incredibly amazing being, deity, God, our Father, who is outside of time, like, you know, meaning that he's not like, he isn't in this, like, mess, so to speak, is in like, you know, he's wrapped up in it as well, like us, like, you know, because if you try to like go to someone out, and we, you know, we should do that, we can reach out to other people, but they themselves too could be in the mud with us. God is outside of that. He's therefore the only one qualified and who can pull us out. And so, like, when you look at, like, okay, be cheerful, be glad, be like this positive greeting and salutation to thrive, how can you thrive? If you're looking to others to bring you out when they themselves might be in that mud with you, even maybe they're not as deep in it, but they're still there. They're still messy. Yet God isn't affected by the mud. God isn't, you know, yes, he's with us, but he's not stuck in the mud. Like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't get out either. You know, or you didn't give me permission, you know, or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, sorry, guys, you, you know. Uh, up. Oh, I want to say it, but maybe maybe not in the podcast. Dig up. Yeah, Simpson, Simpson line. Uh, oh, man, that's gold. Okay, so <laughs> maybe we should say, okay, I have. I feel like I should say this. Uh, so there was a Simpson episode, which was a parody of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And if you don't know what that is, basically this guy tells a group of people that there was there's like gold treasured buried under, what was it, a gigantic W. Yeah. I think it was. In The Simpsons, there's the same kind of thing. There's a cat burglar going around, and he's telling, like, the, the you know, the citizens of Springfield that there's, like, treasure under this gigantic tea. So it's a palm tree, and it's a tea. So they all go to this park, and they see it, and they start digging, 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 digging. And they end up finding this, like, uh, suitcase. And in the suitcase, the cat burglar writes basically, like, I tricked you. Like, while you guys were away, like, I robbed you. And they're like, oh, no, no, they're really interested. So they keep digging, 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 and they get so far down. The episode ends, and you see them digging, and they're like, oh, no, how are we going to get out of here? And they're like, I know, we'll dig our way up. So they start digging, and then one of them's like, no, no, dig up, stupid. <laughs> it is gold. Anyways, if that offends you, I apologize. Yeah, if you're stuck in a hole, might as well stop digging. Right. It tends to be the rule of thumb. <clears throat> so I think we have an idea here, Okay. God is the only one that can pull us out. Therefore, rejoicing in him, I think there will be a sense of freedom that will come. Like, just think about this. When you worship God, do you feel held captive? For the most part, I think people will admit, like, unless they're really having, like, a, like their emotions are just always out of whack. I think for the most part, people will admit that in, in, in the moments that they do praise God and they do think about God and they're like really focused on him, that like for that brief second, even if it's like a millisecond, there there's like that reprieve, like a freedom, right? Um, in, a, I guess, a moment of honesty, like I've been struggling with uh, not as much anxiety, but uh, depression for, at this point, almost half of my life. And a lot of it has always been um, bogged down by the different uh, medicines that uh, doctors have been giving me and whatnot. And so uh, the highs and lows, I haven't been feeling as well as uh, most normal <coughs> human beings. 
But when I, uh, I was telling Greg this, I was at work having a really bad day and I, I just put on some, some worship music and went outside and, and began to read my Bible. And just that moment was just a pure bliss, even like beyond the numbing down of all these meds that are handed to me, um, to actually worship God and to actually praise him and to rejoice in him actively really does make a difference and it does change and so when greg was saying obviously that we're not uh putting down anyone who are on meds uh well that's that's accurate because if not i would be put down all the time and for extremely high doses yeah um so what can be some things that we can do to to do this practically and i and i would suggest this how how can we rejoice with the idea of like being cheerful, happy, glad to thrive, resp- like a positive response to salutation. I think the first thing you see here is is this like an idea of that there is worship involved, like whether it's like singing or talking to God, um, and I think like if, if we can turn to the Lord and actually just like kind of like start talking to him positively and, and, and praising him for who he is praising him for for all that he has done and is going to do if you're a Christian you're saved right you're saved your name is written in the Lamb's book of life when this life is over you're going to be with him for all eternity no matter how awful this life is and and for some people it is truly horrible that there is hope for you and it's in the Lord and that you can respond positively by, by saying, you know, like, Father, I know my life is terrible. I know I feel awful, but you're not awful. You saved me. You've, you've, you've made promises in the word that, that I can cling on to, that you can, and your desire and your will is to pull me out of the mud. That the Bible talks about victory. It talks about those things. He's not just putting it there like we're like some animal or like a rabbit or something. And there's like a carrot constantly dangling, but we can never reach it. He wants us to reach out and and, and take it. And okay, well now the first step is to actually speak out and to, to fight within us and say, I am going to choose despite how I feel. Despite what my mind is saying, despite what the enemy is saying, despite what the world is saying, despite what the media is saying, despite what our friends or family may even be saying, yet God is good. God is able and that he has a plan. He is sovereign. So he has control over our lives. Amen. Even with this, he's whether you, we, you, we talk about whether he caused it or allowed it, he definitely allowed it to happen. He wasn't like, whoa, what do you mean you're dealing with this problem? Whoa, let's back it up. No, there's none of that. There's a purpose behind it. I know that might be hard. And, and I think also knowing that, that there's even a purpose, that God will use it for good. Whether Something to teach. I know it's hard to think, why do I need to be taught through bad lessons? Yet that's how God... That's what God has chosen. He's, he chooses to use ho- horrible things to help us, to grow closer to him, to learn to trust him, to to fight. Like I use this example quite often. I don't know if I use it in a podcast, but I'll use it now. In the United States, they have they have SEALs, Marines, 
you know how to become a marine it's not just simply like going to the park and like jumping through the jungle gym and and you know you are put through the most torturous type of training like they'll borderline almost drown you and there's a bell people who can't take it going ring a bell but for those who do get through it they are ready to be put in a situation where most normal even those in the army couldn't go into they are the, they are the most trained special forces and they're ready for any situation and i feel that way with god with us god is preparing us we don't know what it is that God wants us to do in our lives and that we might have to go through something horrible to be ready for that next experience, what he mm-hmm. needs. And that the only way he can do it is if we learn through this. Learn, not just zap us with it, with the knowledge. He teaches us. Jesus had to learn these things too. Jesus went through horrible things as well. I'm not saying Jesus dealt with anxiety. I'm not saying that. But Jesus experienced rejection and pain and, uh, you know, whatnot. Yeah, so, you know, Jesus was, you know, experienced things. We're going to experience things too. Um, yeah, so to go off of what you said before, Greg, about um, how rejoicing uh, in another way could be... Um, thinking upon all the ways that God dealt, you know, well in your life. Um, like for me, I also have issues with anxiety. Maybe it's not clinical, but it's still valid. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like thinking back to all the times that God has, uh, steered me away from bad things like I'm really thankful for that and there are other times where um he's allowed me to go through really hard things and in the moment I'm like why am I even dealing with this right now why is God letting me go through this um but then you know I find my peace in him by you know the word that he's provided and then, you know, as time goes on, uh, he allows me to see the reasons why he's, you know, allowed me to go through that. And it's like, wow, okay, <laughs> now I know what to do for the next time. Mm. And uh, sometimes I don't learn. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of the times uh, I find I'm able to identify those situations that are really difficult and uh, yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right guys well i think we're gonna wrap up uh this first podcast and our discussion on philippians 4 uh so i hope that it was an encouragement to you guys that were listening and I hope, again, we're not coming across as like, this is easy. It's not. This will take time. You need to work at it. And anything, you need to work at it. So, you know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. It's We can rejoice in God, but the always part, that's where it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to, ha- you, you got to learn to get to the place. And if it takes years, then let it take years. But the promise of God is that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Mm-hmm. So 
if you're struggling with this and you really feel that God is speaking to you through this passage, well, I mean, obviously he is. He's speaking to his, his people. Begin to seek him on how, on wisdom, on how you can apply this to your life. We need wisdom. It's easy just to talk about it amongst us here and you're listening to it. But for you to take that, what does rejoicing look like in your life? How will that come across? Right? You need God's wisdom to get, to give you the steps to do it. Uh, so I hope that you guys were uh, blessed and encouraged and, and giggled a bit during this podcast. I know there was giggling here and there'll be more giggles to come. I mean, we're just one big group of giggles. Uh, so <laughs> I am uh, your host, Greg, with uh, my co-host today with Mickey, Mick, the Mick star. And we got Ezra, don't call me Soros, Rex, and the great Robinator, uh, the power couple team. And we hope that you come back next time. God bless and have a good day.
trials we are bearers of the news all praise to him the stone of zion those who trust him will never be dismayed all praise to him the stone of zion those who trust him will never be dismayed all praise to him the stone of zion those who trust him